Hey there, Music Podcast for Kids listeners. This is Mr. Henry, and we want to thank you so much for listening to the show. We absolutely love educating the world all about music. And you know what's pretty cool? You can be a part of our mission as well. If you leave a review, more people can listen to the show. So you can help us with the journey of educating the world all about music. So if you could take a moment to leave a review of the show, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much. That's what we're gonna do Mr. Henry Mr. Fight Exploring along with you Learning music, having fun That's what we're gonna do Mr. Henry Mr. Fight Love hanging out with you The Music Podcast for Kids Hello and welcome to The Music Podcast for Kids We're your hosts, Mr. Henry And Mr. Fight Music Educators Extraordinaire! The Music Podcast for Kids is a fun and educational podcast where we learn and explore the best subject ever. Music! And now the music joke of the day. We love jokes. So if you have a joke, please visit our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com to submit your joke. And guess what? It doesn't even have to be a music joke. It can be any joke. We will read and enjoy your joke on the podcast and also let everyone know who it came from and where you are in this great, big, wonderful music world. Our joke of the day is... This joke comes from a listener of the show, Madeline. What do you call a violin on a date? Lovelin. Love it. Make sure to send in your jokes by visiting our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com. A link to the website can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you are enjoying the show so far. Please subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes and leave a review through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, get updates on what we are up to through Facebook and Instagram by finding us at Music Podcast for Kids. Links will be found in the show notes. On to the show! Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. Just chatting, just chatting. We have a very special guest today on the Music Podcast for Kids, Stephen Courtney. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here with you, Bruce. That's awesome. Um, so we are a podcast for kids, so we always like to ask our special guests, uh, how did you get started with your musical journey over the years? Did you take private lessons or just kind of figure stuff out by ear? Yeah. What was, how did it all get started for yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I was, I was born in 1960. And so some of the, some of my stories gonna be a little bit archaic oh, for yeah, some no, of the no, listeners no. <laughs> out there, but um, when I was a th- the third grader, between second and third grade, my family moved from living near uh, Detroit, Michigan, okay. to a little town called Menden, Michigan, and that's in the southwest corner of the state near Kalamazoo. So just for reference, you can you know Google that and take, <laughs> take a look at that. Um, 
the thing that happened when I was there was um, in third grade, it was a couple weeks into the school year, and I hear this sound of something's in the hallway, and it's, it's just this ho- sort of horrendous screeching sound. Right. And then uh, my classmates realized that, uh, oh, that's our music teacher. She's pushing the piano down the hallway. Oh, my. <laughs> the other school I went to, we didn't really have music in our classroom. Right, okay. But this particular teacher, Mrs. Hartong, she pushed that piano through the doorway, would just come in and light up the room. Wow. And she would play the piano and, you know, we had what was the Silver Burdett books, the yes. m- mm-hmm. music books. Mm-hmm. And so at one point she's like, everybody go over and grab a book, you know, and the, the, the blue one's on the bottom mm-hmm. shelf. And so I hadn't, you know, I'd been sitting in this classroom for weeks and, um, you know, maybe even months and hadn't seen these books. Mm-hmm. And it was, Bruce, it was just like this whole world just opened up to me like, wow. You know, music and songs and lyrics and had, you know, some of the little simple illustrations mm-hmm. that those books had. It just, I just felt something like leap inside of me, you know, later come to realize it. It's my spirit going, yeah. going, saying yes to the universe. Yeah. And um, so she would play songs. But what was really cool was she would listen and she would watch and she would watch for students who are a little bit more animated and outgoing or mm-hmm. really like to sing. Or she would ask, you know, is anybody taking tap in these private lessons? That kind of thing. And then she would coordinate a, a, a classroom, just like a little talent show. Nice. So that was really my first exposure to getting an opportunity to, to sing live. And what was really great, and, and in hindsight, and when I've told this story uh, over the years, the thing that's most amazing about that was that um, she didn't charge for private lessons, but she would actually give you a private lesson if you wanted to help pre- prepare for your, wow. your class. So you'd go down and you'd meet with her like two or three times before the talent mm-hmm. show work through the song and she just gave me little pointers little little tips you know and those just stuck with me wow so that third grade classroom talent uh show led to the whole grade level talent show which led to the all school talent show so i did those third fourth fifth and sixth grade and had that to look forward to and that was really about it as far as you know musical training my mom played piano and was a singer and uh i found later uh after she had passed away, handwritten in a little story about things that she she wanted to be when she grew up, she was I want to be a country and western singer. Oh, <laughs> and nice. I always just took yeah, to my heart like, awesome. oh, if I'd, if I'd have known more of that, I would have yeah. really helped her, you right. know, see that to fruition. But right, right. so for me, it was that was the the first real major exposure to the energy of music and the joy and the fun of it and, and performing, and then it was kind of like. Uh, there's just not a lot of opportunity until uh, the summer I was 15. So that would have been 74. I, uh, a farmhand that was working, that was actually managing uh, our farm property that I work with, was uh, uh, probably about seven or eight years older than me. And uh, somebody I knew through town and where we lived and went over to visit with him. My brother and I went over to visit after work one day and he was playing guitar. Like it was the first time I walked into a room and there was a real person playing a real instrument, right. you know, like right. other than the piano yeah. or, or the organ, like at church. And I was just floored, you know, and I'm watching him, I'm watching his hands and he sets the guitar down and goes in the kitchen to grab something. I'm like, Jimmy, can I play your, you know, can I try your guitar? You know, he's like, yeah, look at the book. You see the little dots there on the diagram. That's where you put your fingers. And, you know, and I was watching him enough to kind of see like, oh, yeah. there's it, 
for me, it was almost uh, an instant connection because it looked very mathematical. Yeah. And if I can figure out something from a mathematical standpoint, then I, I can pretty much chase it down. Because I don't read music. I still don't read right, music. Right. I understand music. Sure. I can yeah. communicate it, mm-hmm. but <laughs> you put sheet music in yeah, front of me exactly. and I'm like, it's all guesswork. But, you know, to hear it, to like, to, to hear it and then again mathematically to see like all oh, the positioning and like the, the correlation of the notes and understanding that and once I started to leverage that against understanding how the piano scale works right. it, that's when the, all the dots started to connect um, so that that birthday that year the, the year I turned 16 I had asked for a guitar uh, for for birthday Christmas it's kind of like my, my birthday's the 23rd so we always have birthmas oh, for me right. yeah. can we combine the gift and get a little bigger <laughs> gift you know? so I leverage that you know to get, get a decent guitar years later my folks gave me a really nice guitar when I went off to college but uh, and that day I wrote eight songs you know t- <laughs> total, total total white you know loser songs but you know but you I, wrote them. I wrote them and I, and I you know it was just starting to begin to understand that connection between lyricist and songwriter, right. and sometimes it's two different individuals who collaborate and the power of collaboration, and that always just intrigued me. And uh, I know you had uh, Fred mm. McNaughton, you get, get a chance to speak with him, and he's one of my collaborating partners. Have we collaborated on anything um, straight up? Well, you produced, I mean, your yeah. production is amazing to, to hear, oh. hear that. Like I can do the guitar and voice, and then like I'm, I'm so impressed how you hear like the the final. Like I'm not a very spatial learner, but like to hear that, see that final yeah. project pro, or product, and then go toward that. Yeah, is yeah. That's took me a long time to figure out that not everybody has that. Right. You know, and, and there's there's certain things musically I don't have. I'm I, I am a jack of all trades when it comes to music, and that's like that's you know always people are like oh that's no strength, and it's like well actually yes. for me for what I do that is my strength right. and. Uh, I've always been able to just kind of hear like a, a song and go, oh, that could be this or it could be that. Right. And you know, we yeah. talk genres and um, how you genre blend and, and, you know, what all that inspiration can bring. Yeah. But uh, so I started playing guitar that day, wow. <laughs> wrote those songs and then pretty much wrote like, uh, I've, I'm still writing. Just I writing. wrote four songs this week. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So stylistically, I'm always curious because um, I like certain styles and you know, perform certain styles. I don't like to listen to certain styles, but I do like to perform those styles that I don't really like to listen to. That's interesting. Which is kind of weird. But um, so stylistically, how did you, what did you start out with, like singer songwriter, or was there any particular style that you kind of you know cut your teeth on to, yeah. to get going? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we're talking mid '70s. So what's what's interesting is what's on the the radio. And, and during that, you know, window of history, the radio was your Spotify. The radio uh, yeah. was your, your streaming service, right. <laughs> you know, and you would dial in, you know, your favorite station and you would listen to, um, and again, back to genre, you would just hear, you'd hear a reggae kind of inspired song. Right. And the next thing you know, it's a singer songwriter. It's Roberta Flack, Killing Me Softly, which, right. which was... A, a song that I heard, uh, I played sports, you know, in elementary and high school, so right. I'm throwing out summertime, I'm throwing baseball against <laughs> the wall, I'm, you know, fielding these grounders, right, right. got my little red transistor radio there playing, and, you know, strumming my pain, and I just froze, like, wow. I, it was, I get goosebumps yeah. just telling you now, because that moment crystallized something for me, I was like, okay, where is this coming from? Right. <laughs> First yeah. of all, 
how is this getting yeah. here? And I am just like, wow. Yeah. And it was it was the performance. And what's interesting is now all these years later, uh, coming back again to, to genre, that song has a little uh, a drop three on the kick. So that's got like a little reggae backbeat mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Now, if I would say to you, "Killing Me Softly" is a, is a reggae song, you'd go, mm, I, don't, "I don't hear that." <laughs> right. But if we would sit here and really listen to uh-huh. it and analyze it and go, "Oh, this song killing me there's a reggae beat under it so it's just an amazing thing that that's kind of the influence I grew up with and and again at that you know during that window of time you're you're everything from the Eagles to the Jackson Browns you got those kind of singer song Cat Stevens Gordon Lightfoot where I lived was you know Canadian like folk he's a he's Canada's Dylan basically I didn't really discover Dylan till till much later. Uh, like I knew he was out there, but I just didn't really realize the importance of him. Right. Um, even even somebody like Elton John and Bernie Taupin, you've got that yeah. singer song. They got the lyricist in Bernie, and you've got the the music, the composer in Elton. Yeah. You know, and then the the performer that Elton mm-hmm. b- became, and and you listen to that catalog of music, especially seventy one to through like Yellow Brick Road or even uh, uh, Caribou. Those albums, uh, just genre blending and bending, and right. it's all there. It, everything you can imagine that's that's possible musically. Wow. It's just like, wow! So that was you know huge. That, all of that stuff influenced me as a writer, um, and it took me a while to get to the place where I. And it really took until writing kids and family music, which yeah. is this comes 11, 12 years down the line, like right. you know nineteen ninety. I, uh, that's when I really started to feel like a songwriter. Okay. Because people would actually <laughs> remember songs yes. and recognize songs right. and ask right. for songs in yeah. concert and go, you know, hey, what are you going to do there? So, you know, early on, I would say I was, I was really influenced by a lot of those things. And in the end, that, that actually helped having uh, that diversity of influence because with children's and family music, what better opportunity... To, to lay out there for your your listening audience and parents as well right. a, a good diverse palette of of music and yeah. you know creativity and inspiration why limit it to just a, a niche you know it doesn't, yeah. I don't I think if I was gonna chase down a niche thing for me personally it'd probably be more the folk Americana yeah. which yeah. you know gets into blues and right. country a and I know live con- so I do the same thing where it's it's not that it's boring but it's I think it's more fun at least for me to like you know put a, put a rap song in there or right. you know go for the the reggae type right. or for the rock you know straight on rock or maybe a world you know world music kind of yeah. thing and it's it just I don't know it kind of keeps it interesting it well and I think that's you know and I know your songs really well having worked on them it's like you write without the chains of being bound to um, a, an industry or, right. or a label right. or yes. somebody telling yeah. you like that this is what you need yeah. to do which is the the beauty of being an, an indie artist yeah. I always tell people I was an indie artist before it even the term existed <laughs> right. I remember one day seeing yeah. that term being like what's yeah. an indie artist I'm like oh that's what I've been the last 15 years how about that uh, but the thing that's really amazing with um, again back to just your songwriting is that you're such a good songwriter you just write really good songs I mean they're you know great songs and so when you have that 
A good song can go in any direction. Okay, right. When, yeah. when you're wearing a producer hat, you can be right. like, you know, oh, that could have a reggae groove. Or, yeah. you know, not every song can it does that. But, a, sure. but typically a really good song because it's going to have a strong melody. It's got good lyric structure. You know, right. the way it all is constructed, you, you can go, yeah, let's color it this way. Yeah, let's yeah. flavor it that way. Right. I always love that. So your style, so knowing all of those styles, I'm at, so you performed all those different styles, you were soaking all of them in, um, I'm sure that helped with other areas, you say production and, and that yeah. type of thing, um, you know, because you can play, you could perform it, you can not only hear it, but you could perform it and, and make it real, make yeah. it, you know, a, a, a reality. Yes, I, 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 I emulate music, I think, probably more than anything, that's just kind of like... Um, I, I hear the influence of it and kind of go, oh, I can use leverage that and then right. turn it into my own thing. Um, yeah, the the thing that I found it was super interesting with st starting to perform, especially when it got into the kids and family. Right, it's one thing yeah. to perform for a group of uh, grown ups who are out for a night and just looking yeah. to have a night and have a nice dinner and just relax and chill and hear yeah. some music. Right. You know, there's a certain way I. I set up a, a set list, you yeah. know, for or multiple sets to do right. an evening like that. And then when you're gearing towards more of a performance that's geared towards children and families, whether it's a school assembly or a community event, you're kind of in a window of like 45, 50 yeah. minutes to yeah. an hour, that right. kind of thing. So to, to try to uh, be able to sort of represent some of those different music yeah. styles within a performance is is always um, uh, important to me to kind of find that mix of the fun up-tempo songs, the, some of the world music right. stuff, because that's just so infectious. You can't, yeah. you can't not move exactly. to stroke four on the floor. Just exactly. Da -da -ba -ba -da, exactly. You know, and <laughs> um, but then to break it up, you know, I have a song called "Walk in Love," which is just much more tender. It's a right. message-oriented song. song. Yeah. It's a singer-songwriter kind of yep. a song, and it's just designed to to hit your heart and your head yep. and your mind, and hopefully increase your awareness a little bit more yeah. and be like yeah i want to be that yep. i want to be that yep. person so I, I i really love the freedom yeah that that kids and family music brings to be almost genreless exactly your genres it's kids and family yeah. music there you go yep but which is everything <laughs> and it can be timeless too because we talked right. before about how the yeah the younger the the younger siblings are listening to the same yeah. thing that the older siblings are right. listening to and, and that's great for the whole family it's really keeps it alive. little side note, something that has been so interesting for me in the last... Your cell phone is talking to you. Sorry, I didn't cut that out. Looks like we locked up there too. Oops. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that, sorry about that. It's all good. Oops. Yeah, rendering long play. <laughs> hey, Jesse. Uh, 
What's up, buddy? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to know when you were going to be um, home. Uh, it won't be for another couple of hours, okay? Okay. And but also, I was thinking... Yeah, that's fine. That yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. I was just asking, I just wanted to ask. Okay, cool. Awesome, man. We'll see you in a little bit. All right. Bye, All right, Dad. Bye. Sorry. That's great. He's our youngest. Checking in. Wonder how far in we got with that other one. The yeah, let me see. That's Fred, because it's up top. Freddie, we'll come back to you. Oh what? Did it not? Oh dang it. Shoot, I don't think it did. Uh. How are you on, as far as memory? Do you know where you're at with um, what your system can hold you? Should have should have plenty of. Yeah, I should have. It does it every once in a while, so. So let's, I guess we'll go to the, I'll ask you about the blues, uh, how you, okay. how you transitioned from the, from the kids, kids and family and where the blues influence came from. So you uh, went from kids and family music to, you, you play a lot of blues now. Uh, you did some Americana as well. How did that transition, or I guess you're doing it simultaneously, but when did the blues uh, really kick in for you? For your... Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, before the kids and family thing started, um, I had a run, 78, 79, when I was just finishing high school my senior year, is when I started gigging, you know, and playing weekend gigs and that kind of right. thing. Actually earning some, some cash, nice. you know, to play. And then... Um, Basically from there till 1991, and even in 91, 92, early into 93, I was still playing, you know, the, the grown-up gigs to, uh, at venues for, uh, for grown-ups. And then in 90, I started writing kids and family music, transitioned into that full-time in 91, 
And then kind of the two just ran along sort of simultaneous until eventually the, the kids and family the opportunities just right. was just a floodgate of opportunity. Yeah. And then about 10 years ago, where are we at? We're 2020? Yeah, 2008, right in there, 2009. Um, I got asked by a couple of you know people like local places I used to play and some right. people I used to know, go, well, you ever play for grown-ups anymore? It'd be fun. <laughs> and, and actually kids that grew up listening to my music every now and then I'd you know, bump oh, into nice. them somewhere and they'd be like, hey, you ever play out anywhere on the weekends? <laughs> and so I was just kind of like, ding, like, you know, oh, well, maybe it's time to just kind of ease back mm-hmm. into that. Mm-hmm. So the, the early uh, uh, efforts back into that were, were more Americana, okay. kind of a... a uh, bluegrassy, folky, sort of Americana kind of vibe. Right. Um, but blues has always been a, a a thing that I just kind of admire from a distance. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, deep in my uh, soul, I don't really see myself as a blues artist, you know, in right. the sense of like a, a true blues yeah. artist is, you know, <laughs> there's just something that's so earthy and down yeah. home about all that. Mm. But the music and the... Um, just the artistic uh, challenges to like tap into that, yeah. you know. And again, being more performer oriented, um, I just felt like, man, that'd really be an interesting road to go down. So um, my bandmate Doug Walton and I, and Doug's played more shows with me than anybody, over 500 shows, and wow. yeah, just been awesome. a lot of fun, a lot of fun <laughs> together. We. Um, you know, I've I'd heard him play sometimes just in sound check or rehearsing or right. hear recording. Just he'd be noodling on something and it'd be really bluesy, and I'd be like, "Dude, that's so good." And he's like, "Yeah, I love the blues." And I'd be like, "Yeah, someday we we should we should do that." Well, someday finally came. You know, so it's about five years ago. Uh, we started kind of getting a little bit more serious about it, mm-hmm. and then and then I just I actually just sort of opened myself up to like studying blues more and. Right getting a, even a deeper history and a backstory of all so many different artists and right. sort of the origin of the the makings of that business yeah. and then um, even you know prior to that just the field hollers and where where, yeah. where blues music right. you know how right. it originated where it came from then uh, we finally got to a place where I was uh, sort of wrapping up a, a singer songwriter folk trio that I had right. um, more of a contemporary folk thing and that was sort of winding down and we saw an opportunity like yeah let's just jump at into yeah. this thing and see what we get and um we just kind of took our time took about six months and sort of figured out what kind of you know what the lineup would be and right. found the players right and then uh tore into it did uh two albums um nice. american road and uh, keep rolling and tumbling and it just kind of happened you know very organically yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Right now, we're we're not really playing out a whole lot um, sure. with uh, you know the COVID. Yeah. And 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 even just s- sort of like projects like that for me, sort of like have a l- little loses a shelf life of like yeah. it's gonna last this long. And right. you know, if we get asked to play somewhere on a festival or something like that, and, and it's like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. You know. So I, I slowly transitioned from that kind of back to more of the folk Americana right. thing with the the Lucky McCourtney Brothers, which nice. is more of a you know an Irish. Mumford and Son kind, oh, of, yeah, yeah. kind of a thing, which is uh, just a whole other avenue of opportunity. Yeah. But yeah. back to blues, you know, that the thing I have found interesting as a songwriter, sometimes when I'm kind of stuck on uh, fleshing out a lyric idea, I'll, I'll specifically try to write it as a blues song. 
mm. which is usually something like, you know, uh, woke up this morning and I was feeling down. Yeah. And then you use that line again. Right. Woke up this morning and I was feeling down. Yeah. Um, everything's lousy since you left town. You know, right. that kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really strong. Oh, man, you be right there. Right, yeah. We got it recorded. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, and then just kind of like run with that, you know, and then sometimes it's like you pick up with the line you end and you go, well, you know, well, since you live down, since you live down, and it kind of, it just sort of unfolds. And then you go back and you just edit out the double line. Right. And you sort of slam everything up into a little bit of a a different lyric, you know, restructure the lyric, sort of frame it up. And then, and then you're like, you know, oh, okay, now that could be more. Of a, of a folk song or a, you know contemporary song or right. whatever, um, so that has, has I have found that to be very helpful. I've I've written uh, probably a couple hundred songs right. that uh, way that started yeah. off sort of just chasing down the blues thing. Yeah, there's something very freeing in yeah. in that you know just making it real simple and real right. direct, and you end up with I, I always find I kind of end up with more of like a like a Tom Petty type lyric that's just uh, very concise, yeah. very direct. Yep. You know, it's all you need. Right. You know. Yeah. So, so when you started playing the blues, uh, you started playing out with the blues. Um, did you do covers? Like, did you do like blues yeah. songs that already existed? How 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 did that influence, or did it influence at where you where that took your your blues journey? Yeah, we it's both. You okay. know, you, you, there's cover songs that are just you know sort of staples that yeah. people really like to hear. Right. And then, um, you know, being able to write in that direction and specifically write, uh, you know, again, it's more of a blues structure type song. Um, And the opportunities that came from that, I mean, we played mostly locally and regionally. Right. Just, you know, financially, that's what time and and, uh, um, income kind of issues allow. Um, Got it opened some doors into some festival opportunities and a couple of major fundraiser opportunities, which was, you know, just really, really fun. Again, it's nice to be able to wear that hat and kind of like go like, yeah, that's something else I really love and enjoy doing and share that joy. Um, But the kids and family music is, is, you know, is still the staple and kind of fall back onto it. Even the kids and family music, you know, there's many songs in that catalog that are, if we would just pull them out and go, oh, these are the bluesy songs, Uh you know, there's... There you go. Then it comes real obvious. You're right. like, oh yeah, that thread's kind exactly. of always, been, yeah, <laughs> always been there. Right, right. I could even show you certain songs. Go. That started off as one of those blues songs <laughs> I was telling you about, and yeah. then truncated the lyric down to uh-huh. what this is. You know. <laughs> wow. So yeah. when you're writing your lyrics with the originals, um, is there a certain place where the where the content comes from? Because blues, are, you know, is typically sad. It's you know, feeling down. Uh, which is kind of very therapeutic to just right. to know that it's okay to be sad. It's okay right. to be down. It's, yeah. you know, that's that's normal, um, and in a way, it helps you to kind of come out of that sadness just just by saying it, right. just by expressing it. Yeah. So, where do do you have any specific uh, sources from where your your lyrics come from, the stories and the 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 content of your songs? Yeah. Sometimes there's comfort in the crowd of loneliness or heartache. You know, yeah. to, to yeah. go, okay, I'm not alone in this. Right. You know, somebody else okay. has felt this too. Yeah that universal thing that kind of comes through. Um, so the, the question was about... The source of your... The, 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 for the, me, the personally. Lyrics, okay, yeah. The stories or the uh, <laughs> it's, I could get so lost in oh, just yeah, talking yeah, about was, blues. I'm like, good, you know, yeah. <laughs> tell you that. The, the thing... Well, the song about like... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, for me, 
you know, some of some of this, the lyric content is is personal. Okay. But a lot of times, you know, uh, this is one of the things with with like studying Dylan, like how he, Dylan comes along and he takes he just takes all the songwriting. Um, Sort of like the, the things that were set up to, to make a song a song, right. and it just kind of throws them out the door and just reconstructs <laughs> yeah. the opportunities for how, you know, he can, he can be singing uh, a lyric in first person for the first couple lines, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's like, oh, he's, that next line's sort of in third person, almost yeah. like almost like a story's happening and right. somebody's narrating, and, you know, and then another person comes in, another perspective, and so, yeah. you know, as long as you can read it and kind of make some, some sense of it yeah. and go like, oh, wow, that's happening. So you know, I'm I'm drawing on real life stuff, but I'm also you know just people and I know. So there's it's real life stuff that's not yeah, personal as much as it is experiential. Right. You know, and, uh, uh, so, you know, there's songs I could point to and go, yeah, that that's kind of influenced by a situation right. I know over here or somebody that right. went through this or went through that. And uh, so that's kind of cool that you're 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 able to tell someone else's story maybe to oh, yeah. to give the to give it some. Yeah, some uh, a hearing and, and some validity. Well, sometimes somebody else's story is more interesting than what you're going through. Yeah. So you know, if yeah. I just wrote about <laughs> one of the, so I had a song called uh, "It's My Turn" and it was on one of the first albums, solo albums I produced, like 1989. Um, in fact, it was the first album that I took to to Fred uh, McNaughton when he was at the radio station, and I and introduced myself to him, and I was oh, like, you know, nice. hey, I'm a local guy, and this is what <laughs> I do, a cassette album. But the lyric was, uh, when I was a boy, I wanted to tell my story, but I had nothing new to say. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of like, you know, even when you grow up, you can get to the, especially as, as much as I've written, you know, you're going to go, I really don't have anything new to, <laughs> you know, for me to, right. to say. But right. I can observe somebody else's situation yeah. and go, oh, there's inspiration in that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, blues, that just how the... We we connect sadness or heartache mm. or hardship, yeah. which is legit when you sure. get down to you know early oh, yeah. blues music. But you look at a song like um, Robert Johnson's uh, "Sweet Home Chicago." Mm. Come on, baby, don't you wanna yeah. go? Yeah. Come on, baby, don't you wanna go all, all the way from California to my sweet home Chicago? <laughs> you know, that's a song about just traveling. Yeah, you know, right. it's still a blues song. Yeah, you know. And uh, I was gonna ask you so because you know sad songs. So all blues songs aren't sad necessarily. Oh yeah, no, like, no. Um, Kansas City. I mean, I guess we're talking about all the different cities yeah. in the Midwest. Uh, Kansas City, here right, I come. Yeah. You know, about three ladies there. I'm gonna get me one. Yeah, it's a right. song that, that, that's not sad. Yeah, There's right. a guy going. I'm gonna right. find somebody to be with that hang out with. You know, so that, that, there's that. Um, sometimes a song is uh, blues songs can be about the uh, the power of a person. You know, mm-hmm. really standing up yeah. for themselves right. and going. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a man, or yeah. you know, I'm gonna stand up and be exactly. the the thing, or yeah. Uh, and a lot of a lot of the blues songs that, that those early songs, uh, I'm looking over there like it's over there. My answer's is my answer. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how to, to articulate. Sure. It's like, um, yeah, blues kind of came along, and then pretty quickly. Um, the rhythm and blues starts mm-hmm. to get infused with that. So then yeah. that sort of opens up that, especially in the 40s, you know, you guys like Louis Jordan, yeah. who just 
brilliant songwriting, hilarious lyric content sometimes. And it's all put into this this package and it's it kind of comes across as this upbeat sort of fun, like yeah. light jazzy thing. Yeah. But you strip it all down and you play it on the guitar and you're like, oh, it's just a blues, a blues song. song. You know? Yeah. And I think that's the power of the blues. It's 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 a universal thing. Well, you know, music's universal, but sure. blues in particular is something I think just about anybody can hear and be like, yeah, that speaks to me. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite style because of that. Like, it's it's so simple. Right. It's simple to play. The first riff I ever learned was it was a blues shuffle, and you can just you can just tell your story, or as you said, tell someone else's story. Right. And but I was curious too about the styles because there's different types of blues. Right. Um, are, there, are there any particular uh, types of blues that you kind of gravitate towards, or do you like to do a mixture? Or yeah, I, it's it's all of it. I just you know uh, one of my favorite things is to find one of those one chord songs. You yeah. Know, that you're yeah. just it's and you're playing with dynamics. You know, you're playing with you know mm-hmm. obviously just intensity and then yeah. drawing it way back and and you know volume and. Uh, Although blues is simple, it's it's complex in the sense that it takes a lot of restraint. Yeah, you know, like the, a bass player and a drummer have got to learn how to just hold that pocket mm-hmm. and just stay out of the yeah. way. For a drummer, you know, I know a lot of drummers, and for a drummer just to go ding, 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 and just do that, and just be like right there, you're like, oh, I just, I'm, it's just dragging me down the road, and it's not. Because that every time that you any time you, you interrupt that that pulse, yeah, you know it, it takes it somewhere you know different, and you're you're feeling something else. But man, when a drummer can just hold that, and that yeah. bass can just walk in that space of the the simplicity of one chord, yeah. Yeah. you know, right, like right. whoa, that that that's. Where it's comp- it's complex yes. in that sense of yes. knowing how right. to 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 hold back and also knowing when to really explode into right. it and just you know there's times where blues music and that's something that we we would perform build into our our arc and as we played more and more live together about the by the time we got to about playing our hundredth show together we were doing things. Um, with dynamics and nice. yeah. and just songs roll the one song boom right, right into another right, and it's just right. that oh man you feel yeah. like you know man this train's going somewhere yeah, you know right. that's just a blast yeah and I was going to ask you too about the teamwork of a, of a band I imagine that there's you kind of have to you get used to each other like a family yeah. like a team you know you, you have to communicate verbally yes. non-verbally um, yep. how is that pro- how does that process go is it does it change or does it depend on the song or the person, I guess? Yeah, and, and a lot of that's, you know, live is a little bit different than in a studio setting. In a studio setting, you, you know, you're, you're kind of predetermining where these things are going to go. Yeah, yeah. Live, you can get you can get a night where, you know, Doug could just be particularly on fire and I'm just like throwing every solo. Yeah, right. It's you again, buddy. So a lot of times that's just a simple little verbal cue like, you know, uh-huh. you know here, run, run with it. And a lot of times, you know, he'll hit a spot and he'll look over to Andy at the keys and be like, you know, and then Andy's like, okay, I'm watching that, you know. And, he, and there's talk about freedom. Yeah. That's real freedom where it's just this um, open, organic, live right. thing that's just going through this. And, and it's orchestrated to an, uh, to an extent, yeah. but it's also, you know, that, that's the beauty of the, the blues structure. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of know where this thing's going to mm-hmm. go over yeah. and over and over and over and yeah. over. But it's like, how many, how many variations of it can yeah. you throw into the mix? There's, and there's certain 
uh, blues songs. I started to say this earlier. There's certain blues songs that are so well known that you got to make a choice. You got to go. Am I gonna really stick to the, the be a purist in right. a sense and go? I'm gonna play this like everybody really mm-hmm. knows it. Or are you gonna you know mess with it a little bit and try to give it just a slightly right. different feel so you're halfway through it and people yeah. are like. No, that's the you know. That, right. Oh, that's Sweet Home Chicago. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it yeah. just felt a little right. different. Or you put it in a slightly, you know, make it more of a, a Delta Blues thing instead right. of a, a shuffle or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, huh, that's that's really cool. I, I love that about. Awesome. And back music. to the solos part, the uh, or the you know the different members. Right. It's like a conversation. Like we're oh, like yeah. our conversation today was you know kind right. of based on the blues. It's music based. Yeah. But there's freedom within the, yeah. the outline or that structure that right. you can you guys inter- interact and it's just yeah. like you know sometimes you're laughing about something sometimes you're really discussing something seriously you know, seriously right. or oh, you yeah. might disagree might agree you know so yeah. I bet that's had a lot like a conversation oh yeah that. absolutely yeah that again just getting lost in the freedom of that is uh, it's a joy to be in but it, it, it does take work it takes work yeah. to get there you know you got people have had to play. Typically, it's people that have played for years and years and years, yeah. and have learned, right. you know, right. the hard way of what it, yeah. what, what a band is, and how to play in a band, and. Um, and we're not lone rangers, and it seems like you know, we have to, yeah. you know, there's that we have to be able to get along and work together yeah. to, a, to a, you know a certain end, yeah. and um, it's really neat how some you know the chemistry of some groups. Like, so I, I imagine you have have you ever had with some chemistry issues where it's like, ah, oh, it's not quite working out with this person or that person or are you able to kind of just, everybody's able to kind of step back and, and communicate well enough to work yeah. through things. Like I mean, that. anytime people are involved, there's, there, there can be little personality things, sure. you know, you, you've got to learn to, um, be able to, it's like any good team, yeah. you know, you, uh, basketball or whatever it is, you know, you just, there's this other thing that's more important, right? And just you know, can we put this little ball through that basket <laughs> right, over yeah. there? Right, you know. Right. Uh, so with with a band, it's it really is about uh, you know, bands bands are interesting things. That that could be a whole really a whole another conversation sure. because you've got bands that have the strong leader, you know, yeah. who knows kind of where this thing's going. Right. You got bands that are more of a democratic process. You look at a band like U two, who from day one. Uh, signed their agreement with each other that they're all going to split everything they make evenly. Wow. Regardless of who's writing yeah, the songs. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah. and they split it evenly with a fifth person, which was their manager. So 20%, 20%, 20%, 20% from day one. Wow. You know? And so what does that do? Well, that's that puts a lot of responsibility on everybody. Exactly. But it also... Um, is a huge sacrifice. I sure. mean, if somebody's really working harder at it or, or carrying the yeah. weight of the thing, you know, right. and it's just, I just found that yeah, to be a fascinating, fascinating yeah. um, study of like, well, there's one way to frame up a business yeah. <laughs> and they're still in business. Yeah. You know, the, the longevity issue there is just right. Like, yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Um, you know, so a lot of uh, um, the dynamics of a band's um, inner workings um, the personal stuff, yeah, you, you've got to get to the place where you're pretty compatible with each yeah. other if you're going to really enjoy sure, the, sure. The, yeah. the experience. You know, and, and when it's not a full-time gig for people, um, that's something else, you, you know, mm-hmm. being a full-time musician, that's something else I have to just be mindful of. Like, right. this isn't their full-time exactly. job. Yeah. Um, and vice versa, you know, the, the part-time musician also has to realize that there are certain things as a full-time musician uh-huh. that 
I do need to get to out of it. Yeah. You know, if yeah. I'm if I'm taking this opportunity to play for twelve beans and I got this opportunity to play for eighty beans. Yeah. You know, I I have to weigh those things <laughs> yeah, out. Exactly. You know. So um, and beans is how people pay me now. Yeah, I was so. <laughs> So it's a global economy is collapsing. That's a yummy, yeah, right. I just <laughs> yummy currency. Just, get off on that. So our uh, our audience is made up of a lot of kids, yeah. and we always at the end of our interviews we love to ask for advice or wisdom. I'm, I I love that's why I love chatting with different musicians. We've yeah. talked to numerous people in all areas of music, and I just have learned so much mm. from their from their journey. So what bit of advice would you give our listeners for you know for as they explore music and, yeah. and kind of go that way? Oh, that's boy. No pressure. No, <laughs> no. no. It's, that's well, well. There's like, I guess I'll just I'll boil it down to three things. Um, there's no magic circuit that you're going to plug into and suddenly find that you are um, plugged into this thing that's just going to make everything easy and it's smooth sailing. Right. You know, it's always hard work and it's, but it's worth it. Yeah. Um, regarding. Uh, being a musician in general, it's something you can do your whole life. Uh, yeah. Bruce, when I, when I picked up that guitar at Jimmy Jones's house that first day and, and just played, something inside of me was like, oh man, I could, <laughs> I could just do this all day. Yeah. You know, and then eventually that became, I just play guitar all day. <laughs> you know, and then um, Learning more and more just about music for me has just, you know, continued to expand not just my enjoy of music, but to see the power and, and diversity of what music is mm-hmm. and just how to like actually apply that to just living like a life principle. Yeah, yeah. You know, you think about talk about melody. Melody's that thing that, that is so infectious you just can't stop singing it. Right. And if we all can work towards learning the the, the melody of life yeah, yeah. and the things that really matter, kindness, friendship, sharing, love, I mean, right. those are the things <laughs> they're just the, always the right choice, right. you know, to go after exactly. that. Yeah. And then harmony is that is that musical thing that's just like it's right there with melody, but it's also its own musical mm-hmm. thing. And, and, you know, learn how to find your own part. You know, how, how do you bring harmony to life in right. its situation? So that's a beautiful thing about music. It just keeps teaching you these things. Yeah. You know, dynamics. Life has its ups and downs. You know, it's, that's just real. Um, tempo changes. Sometimes you're just going at it, you know, like, yeah. whoa! And other days you're like, man, there's nothing to do today. You know, so that you just look at it and go, well, there, there it is. And then... Um, the big one that, that I would say is that if you really do pursue music and you really want to to go uh, af- after it as, as something that, that you want to maybe think about even as a career mm-hmm. is, um, you know, I would don't don't limit yourself too much to just one thing. I mean, if you're really good at piano and that's your thing, that's great. But, you know, don't be afraid to pick up a ukulele. Yeah. And because you might find something in you musically that comes out yeah. differently, or or if you're thinking about becoming a songwriter, you know, and you're struggling with playing guitar, well, put the guitar down and just sing your song to yourself. Yeah. Just sing it. Put it on your phone. You know, hit your memo and your recording device and sing your little song and and listen to that and, and analyze like, yeah, I could change that. I can make that a little smoother or change that line or, you know. So think out of the box when it comes to. Uh, what you what you could be, what you can contribute to the world musically, and even as a writer. And uh, if we can get more people to 
to live in harmony and uh, to work together through the dynamics of life, then, then that's going to be a good thing. And if we're making music, we can't go wrong. That's that. awesome. Great advice. Well, Stephen Courtney, thank you again for being taking the time to chat with us. Thank you, Bruce. It's been a real, real joy to, to hear your story. Yeah. And our listeners, I know, will get a lot from it. So thank you again. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate All it. Right. Time to wrap it up, folks. Thank you so much for tuning into the Music Podcast for Kids. We hope you enjoyed the show and, most importantly, learned something cool today about music. Remember to send in your jokes or even a topic in music you would like us to discuss by visiting our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com. If you are interested in awesome educational and fun songs for your kids to listen and sing along with, please visit brucefight.com. Music is available to download with iTunes, CD Baby, and Facebook, and most streaming platforms like Spotify and Amazon Radio. Links will be found in the show notes. If you are interested in learning how to play the piano with a fun and engaging curriculum geared toward kids, please subscribe to Mr. Henry's YouTube channel called Mr. Henry's Music World. Links will be found in the show notes. Please visit iTunes to leave a review of the podcast and also share the podcast with friends, relatives, aliens, whoever. Again, we thank you so much for tuning in.